So today, like, like, like uh, we're talking about trending, and I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to be able to talk about um, a trending topic that I've encompassed to a degree my whole life, um, this idea of YOLO, and you only live once. And I understand some of you might be saying, well, I mean, is it once? I mean, we get to go to heaven, so is that, is that a continuation of once, or is that the second time? And, and I hear other of you saying, yeah, well, it's, they say, you know, you have to die and be re- reborn and accept him. And is that the second time or is that the third time? You know, so I understand what you're saying. But in the idea of what we're talking about today is that you only live once. You only get one chance at this thing about this living on earth. And what does that look like? What is the, what is the thing that God wants you to do in this time? And I also know, like for most of you, if you're anything like me, I lived a lot of my life with the idea that, well, as long as I go to heaven someday, that's the most important thing. And yes, that is a very important thing. I don't know if you can prioritize those things between, you know, up there and living down here and and all those things. And I'm going to walk through some of those things with us today. But I think the reality of the situation to me is that, yes, heaven is a very important thing, but God has a job for us to do down here. And we have a limited time to go through those things, yeah? And I'll be honest with you, I don't, I don't really struggle with the idea of heaven. I think it's gonna be great. I do struggle with what it is that we'll be doing for an eternity. Um, I like to think that we're gonna do some eating. I'm a, I like to eat. I like to think that we're, we're gonna be able to play some sort of sports. I think that God gifted me in that area, so I hope that I can use that. Um, in the eternity section of life. Uh, I don't know if any of that's true. I don't know if my tattoos are gonna translate into heaven. I, I, I put a lot of hard work and, and money into them. I don't know what that's gonna be like. And lastly, one of the things that I, I joke about often with my wife Angie and anyone that I talk to about this is that I have this problem that I'm gonna take up with the Lord as soon as I get there Whether I make it before Angie or not, I don't know, but whenever I get there, it's gonna be a very quick, honest conversation that goes something like this. Cool, thanks for having me. Where is Angie gonna stay with me? Like, you know, we're being taught that, you know, there is no marriage in heaven, and we're being taught that, and I don't know what that looks like, because, you know, Jesus did say that, and I struggle because, This is us on our honeymoon, and that was just the beginning, you know? We've had two girls, and that's translated our relationship, evolved, some would say, some would don't like that word, but it evolved our relationship from that point, but that was the beginning. Ah, the fun times. And I don't know if you've noticed this, like, there's a lot of people that take really good, like, serious pictures or, like, you know, laughy, smiley pictures. That's my favorite, you know what I mean? When we're just being weird, and the more I realize that Sky, my youngest, is just so weird. Um, and so I'm glad that, that that has been passed down. Um, Kendall's the princess, which is my oldest. She's four. Um, and Sky's the quirky, weird one. So I'm happy. And she's a redhead, so you know, it probably goes hand in hand. But anyway, all those things to say, I need, I need the Lord to understand that maybe I get 40 years down here with my wife, Angie. Maybe I do. I hope I make that many, and she would tell you she hopes that I make longer than that. I don't know. When I get to 90 and 100, I don't know what that's gonna look like. Probably won't be doing youth ministry anymore, but maybe I will, never know. 
I'm passionate about it. I can't imagine what that would look like. But my point is that I hope that I don't just get those 40 years with her. I hope that that can translate into heaven somehow. In the Father's house are many rooms. I hope that I get one, that I can be with her. And I understand it's not fair for me to ask, you know, the Lord to have my daughters with me forever because they might find someone that they love as much as me. Probably not more than me because let's be honest. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. But anyway, I understand if that's not the case, but at least I would like to spend eternity with my wife. And so I hope that we can hash that thing out when I get there. Um, and, I, and I like the fact that like my, my grandfather was a great, great Mennonite preacher in this community for a long time and he agrees with me. And I'm just gonna read you the things that he said, just quickly. He said, he was preaching out of 1 Peter one time, and he was talking about our eternal inheritance. And this is what he said. He said, I don't know if Jesus has reserved a log cabin for me, which he loves his log cabin, but I don't know if he's reserved a log cabin for me down by the river of life, or if it's a room at the top floor of a condominium of heaven. However he plans it will be all right with me, he says. The part that matters to me the part that matters the most is that on the door of that heavenly abode is written, reserved for Millard and Laura, right? And so I love the fact that me and my grandfather, of all the things that you know, I have of his, and yes, he gave me all of his sermon books, but we can be, can be okay with that idea. And I've never heard anyone preach on it, um, and I don't look to do that because it's going to be very opinionated and it's going to sound probably like what you're going to hear today, just a bunch of my opinions. But, but anyway, those things are, are important to me. And if I'm, if I'm looking at eternity and I go, the most important thing to me <coughs> is my wife and my children, and that doesn't translate into eternity, man, whew, I wanna, hmm, that's going to be hard for me a little bit. I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be okay. We're going to worship and do all the things, but that's something that, you know, I really want to rack in outer. But anyway, all of those things, those are eternal things. That's heaven, right? And I think the thing that I'm going to talk about today is this idea of you only live once. And that you have a job to do while you're on this earth. And that's heaven, and we're all going to get there. Hopefully, we accept Jesus, and we're going to be there someday. But what do you do with this time that you have? We're not in, we're not in heaven yet, Yes. Not quite, you know, yes, you know, there's an, an idea that carries there, but the reality is we're not there yet. This place is not perfect that we live in. We all know that. We live in a broken society where we need to get there. And how do we get from here to there? That's the point of what I wanna talk about today. Because in society, in our culture, you understand, in the world there's a, anything goes. Whatever you do is okay. You don't answer to anybody. You know, there's no ramifications. You do you. Live in your best life. Smoke it to the filter. Like, you only get one crack, so live it up. That whole idea. Whatever makes you happy, go ahead and do that. And how dare you tell me that I'm wrong? How dare you not let me live my truth and what I want to do? Because the idea of ramifications, that the YOLO, there are no ramifications. You just do whatever you want. And yes, we know that there are ramifications to your actions, but the idea says, no, don't worry about that. Just do whatever you want. I've lived it. I, I bought cars. I did things that made me happy and paid for the consequences. But in that moment, you don't care about consequences. You don't care about things because YOLO doesn't have ramifications. It doesn't have STDs. It doesn't have hangovers. It doesn't have overdoses. 
It's not, and it's not really even real life. You just do whatever you want and just whatever. To hell with the consequences, as they say, right? Don't worry about that. But the truth is that everything we do on this earth, everything we do on this earth has eternal, eternal ramifications. Every step we take, everything that we do in church, everything we do out there, every step that our feet take, that's a mission field that God has ordained us to be on. And not everyone looks like this. Not everyone stands up here. But, and not, not everyone volunteers downstairs. And not everyone sings up on the stage. Not everyone has the glory positions. But wherever your feet lands, that's your mission field. And that's where the Lord has you to benefit and to affect eternity and to affect those that he wants to spend eternity with him. Because it's not just about you. Yes, you're gonna make it there, but what about the ones around you? What about those that, that are struggling that you can say, hey, maybe come along, let's, let's find a way. Because when you're in heaven, your job is over. You, didn't, you don't get to benefit um, you know, those lives that are still on earth anymore. I think the reality that the Lord has been sharing with me this week is that eternity is the goal, but it can't be the focus, right? And unless, I mean, I can understand where you can make it the focus, like you focus in eternity and you wanna get there and take as many people with you, yes. It's the goal, but it can't be the focus. It can't be the every day because we realize that there are things that we have to do down here. And I lived with eternity as the absolute goal for so long that I forgot that I had a job to do here. I was like, well, I, mean, I made that decision. I accepted Jesus. Now what? You know what I mean? You can kind of walk around a little aimless. Like, oh, I just want to be a good person. And that's fine. But the reality is he has a job that he wants you to do. First John chapter two, verse 17 says this. The world is passing away. It's the reality. It's irrevocable. The world is passing away. And with it, it's lusts, the shameful pursuits and ungodly longings. But the one who does the will of God and carries it out and carries out his purposes lives forever. So all those things that we care about the most on this earth, all those things that we just spend all of our money and all of our time on, I can't wait to watch this, I can't wait to do that. All of those things outside of them being about Jesus, they will die, they will pass away. The only thing that matters the only thing that matters is doing the will of God and carrying out his purposes. Those things live forever. It's the same thing that we talked about a couple weeks ago with Matthew 6. It's storing up treasures in heaven. It says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. They are all passed away. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I think the reality of that is to me, I'm very black and white and I understand that truth in me. If my focus is on these things, that is what you will be treasuring after. Those are the things that are gonna be most important to you. If Jesus isn't your focus, if, it, if benefiting heaven isn't your focus, then it's just a side job, right? And like we understand those things cannot be true. We have to be in or out. The Bible is sure about that. Better to be hot or cold either one than to be lukewarm. So it's time to go for it, right? 
And I would tell you that for most of my life, I lived the Christian life, even before I accepted Jesus, you know, in a real way, like in church, and I got baptized and all the things. I wanted to be a good person. I wanted my parents and my grandparents and my friends, I wanted them to all be proud of me, which is good and bad because I lived with this eternal, not eternal, internal, like rejection thing that says, well, it's only a matter of time before you decide that I'm not good enough, or it's only a matter of time before you leave me and all those things. And it's not anyone's fault that that is the way that I am. That's just the way that the enemy attacked me because of who I was, because of the things that I believed about myself, right? And so because of those things, I walked away from the Lord, from the purposes that he had for me, from the things that I already knew God was doing. While I was in youth group, I knew that God was gonna use me in these ways because people were gravitating towards the things that I share with them because I'm a real person or whatever that is and it has nothing to do with me, right? But just who God is in my life and the way that, like, I don't know. But people were gravitating around me and he would tell me, hey, my youth pastor would say, hey, I want you to share with these guys because they, like, they listen to you right? And our youth group was real big. And so we had to start splitting up because, you know, we couldn't all be in one place and the house was too small and all the things, right? So he started a, hey, just start, start talking to them. Now, 20 years later, this is what it looks like. And I never knew that this was going to be the day. And by the way, I didn't even think it would be and never wanted it to be. But all of a sudden, when the Lord steps in and say, hey, Aaron, just share your, okay. Hey, Aaron, why don't you go do this in Sunday school? Okay. Hey, God, hey, Aaron, I, just, I want you to share this thing. All right, man, whatever you want, because that was my heart. God, I don't want what it looks like, but I'll do whatever you ask me to do. So when I became a young adult, that's when I walked away, which speaks to why I feel very strongly about me and my wife are about to start a young adults group for the people that are graduating out of youth group, because I don't want to lose track of these guys. I've, I've built a long time, because, you know, we go from middle school to high school, and I, put, I poured a lot into these guys, and I, I want to make sure that like they don't fall away in the way that I did. Because as soon as I graduated from youth group, I was like, all right, now what am I gonna do? I had a job, I had a girlfriend, I had things to do, but I didn't have someone at, uh, uh, keeping me accountable and all those things, right? And so I wanna do that, I wanna be able to do that with these guys that I've spent so much time with this time. I, I'm looking forward to that, and that'll start in May sometime. If you're looking for a young adults group, whether you're here or online, man, just get up with us. I can't wait. It's gonna be fun. So anyway, all that is to say that God has walked me through this path, right? And I was in that relationship and that God finally woke me up like the prodigal son in the, big, in the pig pen where I looked around and I said, how did I get here? How did I get here? Because it doesn't happen overnight, man. It's one nibble at a time and we find ourselves down the path of like, man, I never thought I would get to this place. How did I get here? It's one little decision, one bad decision, one not even bad decision. It's just a little bit where our focus isn't on Jesus and it's about me. And we can find ourselves down that path. Because I would tell you that she went to church. I would tell you that she was a good person. But it was not a God-redeemed relationship. And so I, pulled, I got pulled away. And the reality is, God is faithful to wake you up. And he's always there when you finally find yourself in the pig pen and say, God, how did I get here? 
Now what? You know what I mean? And so that's what happened. I finally made myself, I found my way out and he redeemed me and he put me back on the, on the right path. And he told me that, you know, it's, it's time to go. Look, you, you were with this, this girl for a long time and it's time to move forward. There's no more wasted time. Like it's time to go. So he, that's the thing that he shared with me and it changed my life. And my wife would tell you that it's, it's changed my life a little bit on the, on the, on the other side because I'm not very content with anywhere that I am because God has put this fire in me to keep going. And God has given me, you can probably tell, he's given me a lot of energy and passion to do the things that he's called me to do. And sometimes my body doesn't, sometimes my voice doesn't hold up. You know, I push it too far. And sometimes my, my wife would tell you too that like, I, I live this YOLO lifestyle even now in a Christian life. I don't, I don't take care of my body as much as I should. I eat gluten and I'm not supposed to. I eat bunches of ice cream. Like I eat the whole carton and I'm just like, whatever. I'm gonna go to work tomorrow and burn it off and I'm glad that I get to do that. Someday I might not be able to and I hope that I can change my lifestyle because I've grown accustomed to my life and my abilities to not really take care of it the way that I probably should. But anyway, all that to say that you have an urgency now. I have an urgency now to do the things that God has had me to do. And there's one thing I want you guys to remember. One thing I want you guys to hear me say today is that we have a limited time. Limited time to affect eternity. And the sad truth is that none of us know how much time we have. I hear it all over. Yeah, I'll make that decision someday. Yeah, I'll do that thing someday. I know it's the right thing, but I'm still, I'm still on the path. Pray for me, brother, I'm gonna make it. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a good place to be, knowing the truth. But man, you have a limited time to affect eternity. And we're gonna, and you'll spend eternity with the decisions that you make down here. There are ramifications, as much as we don't like to hear about them. There are ramifications to the actions that I mean. Yes, the Lord allowed me to continue down this path, and He continues to use me and my voice and all those things. Yes, He never took that away when I turned away. But there are ramifications to the actions that I took. I lost a lot of time. I lost a lot of money. I lost a lot of things along the way. I built, I built bad friendships that I'm still paying for, you know what I mean? Like, I understand some things that I didn't know before. So the one thing I want you guys to hear is that there's a limited time. And there's two truths that I want you guys to understand. Number one, you only live once. So it's time to make it count. You only have a limited time. Number two, make sure that the people around you are heading in the same direction. There's nothing in my life that I could attest to more than this. I'm happy that the Lord saved me from a lot of things that my buddies were doing. I will tell you that that bad relationship saved me from a lot of worse decisions. And I wouldn't have known that until today that I see those things looking back and I know what my buddies were doing. And even as bad as walking away from God was, it wasn't as bad as the ramifications of the actions that I saw in their lives. 
and the things that they were doing, right? And so I'm happy that I was able to sustain that truth away from God, but away from the worst of the worst, right? And so I'm, I'm happy about that truth. But the reality is the people around us many times can take us down. Like, yes, I understand the idea that, well, I wanna be a good influence to those. Yes, please do that. But that relationship has to be very limited or something, you know what I mean? Me and my buddy at, uh, in youth group the other night was like, man, I got all these friends and I feel like God's pulling me. Yes, yes, he, you have to create space between the people that are gonna drag you from, from away from him. That doesn't mean don't stop being friends, no. Sometimes it does. <laughs> Sometimes it does. But you have to be able to put things in boundaries. And so he's calling us to make sure the people that are around us, the people that we trust the most, are going in the same direction. That goes in marriage, dating, relationships, friendships, everything. The people that are around you, let's all go in the same direction. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins. Ruins, that's a big word. Ruins good morals. You could have all the right intentions. You put bad people around you, ruins morals. So please, please put good people around you and know that they will carry you away. Galatians 6, verse 7, it's one of my favorite passages in all of the Bible. And it says this, verse 7, do not be deceived. Those are my favorites. I love when God just comes in and says, look, I know the world is telling you this. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption or destruction. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. And I love this idea because if, if, I'm, if I'm honest, I can tell you that a lot of my life has been spent after God called me away, has been spent just pouring my life into these kids, pouring my life into a lot of different things, praying for people and doing all the things that God has asked me to do, and I love it. I've never taken any of it back. But if there's one thing that I've always kind of struggled with, it's I, 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 I throw seeds everywhere. I'll keep throwing and I'll keep doing and I'll keep you know, being obedient. Sometimes I just don't see the results. Sometimes I just don't see the harvest that I would like to see. And the thing that I realized this past week as my youth leaders were praying for me was that, man, I've seen a lot of things downstairs during youth group. I've seen the freedom happen. I've seen a lot of things that I, that I was happy and so blessed to see in the lives of these kids. I've seen them struggle with bad things and come out of it and saying, you know what? God is faithful to do what he has promised. And I've seen those things. But isn't it like the enemy to steal those truths away and flood your mind with all the times that, man, I wish this would have happened or I wish he would have been healed or I wish, right? And so the reality is, I love the truth that happens. Keep sowing, keep sowing, keep sowing. Don't grow weary. Just keep going after it. Don't give up. And I love that idea. Don't give up. When it looks bleak, don't give up. When your marriage is on the rocks, man, don't give up. Don't give up. 
There's reconciliation. There's redemption everywhere he goes. I love, love, love redemption stories. I love them. But don't give up. And there's a promise in there. It's a good one and a bad one. But it's a good one. That if you sow to the Spirit, due to the Spirit, you will have eternal life. But if you sow to the bad things, guess what? That's what you're gonna reap. It's a promise. He is not mocked. And I love that verse because I'm very so. I love the structure that God has created, that this is what happens and these are the ramifications. And as much as that hurts sometimes, that's the truth. And as much as his grace is sufficient and he does forgive us, those are the things that he wants us to know. He will not be mocked and just say, oh, that's okay, do whatever you want. No, that's, that's not real life. And so we need to know that there are ramifications and eternity is in mind. Because the reality is this life is about eternity. And the reality to me is that that eternity starts right now. You have a chance right now to affect eternity. You have a chance right now to leave those old people, leave those old things behind and say, all right, God, it's time to go. We have an opportunity to change the way that we were and be about his vision. If this life was only about heaven, then great, you know what I mean? We could, we could just have you baptized and, and hope that you don't make any bad decisions after that. That would be dumb, right? We, you have, a, you have a, a, a destiny, you have a purpose that you need to fulfill and he wants you to fulfill. Get out of the, bap, get out of the baptism tank and let's go, right? Let him change you. If you, get out of the, if you get out of the baptism tank and you just go on with life the same way you did, what was washed off in there? If you get saved and don't change, what were you saved from, right? So what are we doing? To me, this whole Christian life is about impartation and discipleship. And I think those two things run hand in hand. Impartation is just a quick, easy, probably more difficult than it should be word that just means, hey, I'm gonna give you everything I got. Everything that I'm walking in, I'm gonna lay my hands on you and I'm gonna give it to you if you want it, right? Everything that I do downstairs is about impartation. Hey, this is something that God did in my life. This is something that I'm walking in. This is something that I wanna give to you. And if it works for me, it can work for you. If God loves me and he loves you, guess what? His heart is the same. So he wants to do these things in your life. And secondly, it's about discipleship. Man, I drag these kids along with me everywhere I go. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we stay downstairs. We don't just take them anywhere. No. But I drag these kids along my path. The thing that God told me early on in my ministry here, especially, was share everything that you're walking through. Not the things that you have mastery over, but just let them into your life and let them walk with you and let, let, let them see how you walk through life. How do, how do they see you, your marriage? They come into my home once a month. How do they see you um, as a father to your kids? How do they see those things? Because it's about discipleship. Those 12 disciples that hung out with Jesus for three years, all they did was just walk with him and say, oh, that was cool. What else is he gonna do, right? But they watched him so that when his, their time came, they were ready. And yes, they needed the Holy Spirit to take them out of their own way. Peter went from denying him three times to preaching at Pentecost, and it had to be the Spirit. It wasn't his own self. The Bible says that 
How do these guys go about doing these things? They are mere fishermen. And the answer is the Holy Spirit got in there and they're able to go. And so in the same way that we have that Holy Spirit and we can impart that to the people around us. And they'll always ask you like, hey, how did you get to this point? I saw you just lost your best friend. How do you continue to walk in truth? How do you continue to look your head up and be about his work? And the answer is easy. I can't, I can't look back. I know too much. I've seen too much. He's been too good. I've seen his love for me. I've seen his blood on the cross. I've seen those things and I can't turn back now. I've seen too much. So in the worst times, he is still good and he has to be still good. And that's what I wanna show those kids downstairs and that's the things that I always wanna share when I come up here. I wanna give you everything I got. I don't care about my voice. If, if I don't speak another week or two until they call my name again and I have to talk to the kids or something, I, I'll, do, I'll learn sign language, I don't care. I'll lose it. I'm gonna give you everything I got. But the thing that I know is that God has always given us this choice. We don't have to choose him. It's a real option, guys. We don't have to choose him. We don't have to choose the, the, the passions and the purposes that he has for us. We don't have to do that. He gives us that choice. Like any good relationship, we have to both choose it. And he's always there waiting for us like me, man. I was in the middle of the pig pen and I had to choose him. I had to look around. I had to turn around and see that he was right there and he had things ready. I had to see that. I had to come to my senses. He didn't have to come to his senses. He was ready, right? But it's a relationship. So we have to choose him. So we have a choice. You only live once. Number one, you can live it your way. You're allowed to do that. He gives you free will, live it your way. Smoke it to the filter, do whatever you want, make yourself happy, eat, drink, and be merry. Great, that's what you're allowed to do. He wants you to have that option so that when you choose him, you are sacrificing something. It's costing you something, right? The more and more you walk down this Christian life, especially in church, you realize that it literally costs you things as we tithe and we offer, I don't know how I just made a word out of offering. Now, as we do that, you know, it, it costs you things that you wish you could use your money on. Yeah, it costs you your way of life. You have to sacrifice your wants and your needs for someone else or something else. It costs you something. We understand that. So we, yeah, you can live it your way. Number two, you can live it halfway, which... I mean, if you know the Bible, it says, I would rather be you, you be cold or hot than to be lukewarm. Now, I have a lot of feelings about that, but the reality is this. I have strong feelings about how we, how we present the church, right? And so if people see me doing things that they do that they think are wrong, then guess what? I am, I am being the church and a wrong version of Jesus to them, right? So I have to... You know, the Bible calls us to live above reproach to a degree or set yourself apart or however you want to discern that point, your life has to change. So if people see me acting the same way as they do them and they think that, you know, the church would tell you not to be that way, well, then maybe I'm given an inaccurate representation of who Jesus is. And so that's to say that, hey, 
Let's try not to live that halfway lifestyle. Let's try not to be hypocrites. Let's try not to do the things that tear people away from the church because let's be honest, there's enough things that happen in church that hurt our feelings. Things aren't the way we wish they would be sometimes. So let's go after this thing, right? And so let's not just be halfway, one foot in, one foot out. Well, yeah, I want Jesus, but I also want me. You have to choose. Actually, you know what? You, you don't have to choose. But he's calling you today. He's calling you today to number three, live it all in. Give him everything you got. You can have it all. God, you're the only thing that matters. If I don't have you, I don't have anything. Because at the end of the day, there's only one thing I want to hear Jesus say. Yes, I want to hear him say, yes, you get to bring Angie. Okay, two things. <laughs> yes, two things. But the one thing is this. I need him to tell me, Aaron, well done. I've, I've, that's the one thing that's carried me into every aspect of everything I've ever done. All I want to do is make him happy. And yes, that's born out of my own problems of rejection and things. Yes, and I'm gonna tell you about those things because it's real and I struggle with them a lot, still a lot, right? And so the reality is I, I really can't wait for him to tell me, yes, Aaron, you, you did a good job and you did the things that I asked you to do and you held nothing back and maybe too much so, I don't know, maybe, maybe too much so. You just gave them all of it. They're like a shotgun fire, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I hope I hit you. But it's the reality. It's like, I wanna, I wanna give you everything I got. I never wanna hold anything back. I don't wanna be transparent. I wanna be honest to these kids and say, look, I'm not perfect. These are the things that I struggle with. These are the things that I still struggle with. And I want you to help me, to help you, to help me. Help me, help you, help me. It's, it's, it's a relationship, right? But I, I need him to tell me, yes, Aaron, you did a good job, well done. And you did everything I asked you to do right? You did everything I asked you to do. Not, man, you could have done this and you could have done that. I don't know if you would say that anyway, but I don't want him to ever have to hold anything back from whatever he wanted me to do. I want to just go for it, right? And I hear, I hear your hearts. Yeah, but going all in costs me that idea, right? Like, what if he lets me down? When we give him everything and he lets us down, that's hard, right? It's hard, because we feel like Jesus shouldn't let us down. We feel like the church shouldn't let us down. You know, we're, we're the church, we're Jesus. And sometimes that's not true. Sometimes, sometimes it's just not perfect. And I think in those seasons, number one, I understand them. I've been there, friends. And number two, in those seasons, I, I love to talk about this one story. It's my favorite. And, and I use the word, very liberally my favorite. I have a lot of favorite verses. I have a lot of favorite stories, but this may be my favorite. But anyway, there's a story in the Bible where Mary, the sister of Lazarus, comes to Jesus. Jesus purposefully waits a couple extra days, not healing him, and comes after he has passed. Purposefully did that. And, he and Mary comes to Jesus' feet and says, Jesus, she's at his feet though. Remember that. Jesus, if only you'd have been here. If only you'd have been here, we could have, you could have saved him. I believe you could have done this. If only you were here. And the reality is, you're allowed to do that. 
Look at her posture. She's at his feet, worshiping him while telling him, Jesus, you really let me down here. I wish you would have come in time. I wish you would have healed my brother. I prayed a lot of those same prayers. God, you really let me down here. You could have done something. You could have saved him, but you chose not to. And I have to be okay with that. The reality is, number one, my favorite part of the story is not that he ended up, ah, it's a struggle. Yes, he ended up healing Lazarus. Okay, so that's good. My favorite part about the story is not that. My favorite part about the story is that Jesus comes down knowing he's about to heal her, healing Lazarus, knowing he's about to bring him back from the dead, knowing the end result, knowing the future. But the future does not matter in that moment to Mary, and it doesn't seem to matter to Jesus. Because in that moment, he gets down in the dirt with her and cries with her. So you guys need to know in your darkest days, he's crying with you and he wants to get down there in the dirt with you and he wants to walk you through these things together and you're allowed to tell him, Jesus, you really let me down. You could have done something. You're allowed to say that. Yes, be in a good posture like Mary, but you're allowed to tell him those things. He is strong enough to hear those things and knows your heart. And yes, he did bring Lazarus back from the dead. Yes, he sometimes gives you those answers. But what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't heal? What if he doesn't do the thing that you want him to do? Is he still good then? Is he still worthy then? Is he still God then? Is he still your Lord then? Do you still trust him in those moments? Those are the things that he's asking you this morning. Are you gonna choose me no matter what? The hardest of days, are you gonna choose me then? And I'm gonna tell you a truth, and I've told it to you before, and I'm gonna tell you again. The things that I've walked through, those were the hardest times in my life. While also being the best, best times of my relationship with Jesus. Because I'm telling you, when you're in the midst of those storms, when you're in the midst of those trials, when you're in the worst of the worst storm of your life, and he's the only thing that you can depend on, that changes your relationship, right? And so I know that I am the man I am. I know that I am everything that I am able to be for my wife and my kids and your, your kids and all the things. I know, I know those things are true because God is God in the worst of times in my life and I'm as close to him as I am, I am today because of those times. It's a sad, sad truth but it is true. And so if you're able to walk with him through those storms, you will be better for it. Obviously, those verses all through scripture that he preordains those things and and he uses everything for good and all those things, yes. But let let me tell you from my life to yours, I'm the man I am because I've walked through the things that I've walked through. All the painful things, all the things that happened in my childhood, all of those things have made me the man that I am. And I'm able to give that to you because God is good, right? Okay. So I hear you. I hear you. I'm, I'm, I've been hurt. But please know that he is good regardless and he can, you can come to him with all those things. Psalms 34, 18 says this. He is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. 
And the next one says this, Psalms 116, verse one and two says, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call upon him as long as I live. The NLT, the New Living Translation, says it this way. He turns his ear to me and bends down to hear me. So I want you guys to hear that this morning. In, in your hardest days, I want you to know that he bends down to hear you. He wants to know, he wants to hear your cries for mercy. He wants to know what it is that you want. And even though I know it comes across a certain way sometimes, God, you really let me down. No, he wants to hear those things. And he's gonna bend down to hear it. He wants you to know that he, you can... He wants you to know that he's there for you. And the last thing he wants you to know is that you don't have to hold anything back anymore. It's time to go. He has a plan for you that he wants only you, a unique plan that he wants only you to fulfill. And he's built you. Psalm says he intricately made you for this one purpose, to do the will of him who sent you, right? To do the things that he created you knitted you together in, the, in your mother's womb to do. You have a purpose that only you have. And I love the fact that you have purposes that I don't. I love that we can be the body and all walk together and hand in hand, like it's clockwork, right? We're all working together to do the thing that God has put us on this earth to do. So the thing that God wants you to hear this morning is please, Lord. Don't waste another minute. So this morning, as we get ready to worship, if you would say that, man, I've, Aaron, I've lost, I've lost focus. You know what? I've, I've been about me for a little bit too long. I want to live this life all in. I want to start over. Or I want to start at all. I want to start this thing. I want to, I want to live the life that you keep talking about. Number one, it won't be easy. But let me tell you, it will be worth it. So if that's you, if you want to live this life that I keep talking about, if you want to live this life all in for Jesus and you won't want to waste any more time worrying about the pleasures and the desires of this world and you want to just go after everything that God has for you, I want you to just stand up right now. We're going to pray for you. Stand up exactly where you are. The people around you, they're going to pray for you. And something else that the Lord shared with me was like, look, the people around you that you're probably worried about thinking something about you, no, no, no. They want you to stand up more than you want to stand up. They want this victory for you. They want you to walk in freedom. They want you to walk out the purposes that God had for you. They want that for you. So please don't let them hold you back. So if you want that, if you want more of him, if you want to live this thing all out, just stand up. We're going to pray. God, right now, we just pray. God, do your will in each one of our lives. Lord, let us never look back and say, God, I, 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 gave, you, I gave you some, but I didn't give you all. Let us never look back at our lives and in an eternity and say, man, I, man, I wish I would have. No. Lord, right now, I pray for more boldness. I pray for more of your spirit in their lives. I pray, Lord, that every step that they take, they would know that they are ambassadors for Christ. And every step that they take is, is, is the mission field that you have them on. 
And Lord, I pray that we would affect eternity every step of the way and that people would know that we love Jesus because of the things that we're able to do in you, not in our own strength. And so I pray for your strength, your grace, your peace to be on all of these ones that are standing. And I also pray, Lord, that you would touch the ones that didn't quite make it to their feet. Maybe their knees hurt. Maybe they just aren't quite sure yet, but they're gonna, they're, they're gonna see it. So Lord, I pray for those two. But Lord, right now I pray that you would give them boldness. Give them all boldness. Give us all boldness to do the things that you're calling us to do. And Lord, sometimes I pray, Lord, that you would just drag us to the places you wanna take us. I know that might not be theologically sound, but Lord, this morning, I pray that sometimes you would just smack us in the face and say, wake up, it's time to go. Because that's what I've needed. So Lord, for these ones, I just pray, bless them, more boldness, more of your spirit, more of the things that you have for us and let them walk out this thing every day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Lord, thank you for everything that you're doing. I wanna, we're gonna do one more song. Actually, we're gonna do three more songs. But I brought Chad up here because he just wrote a song a couple weeks ago. It's called Make It Dim. And then all it is is it talks about, you know, making the, the, the things of this life dim, the worries of this life dim, and, and creating a force field and all those things. And, and the last part about the course, it says this. We wanna have a love so real he wants to show us his love that's so real that we can't ignore it. And so as we sing this song, I just wanna, I wanna pour this thing over you to just understand how much he loves you. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, we just pray. Let us hold nothing back. Yeah. Lord, let us just walk with you. Whatever it looks like, Whatever it is, I just pray, Lord, that we would just be about your mission. Yeah, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Love you guys.